Hi, this is Art Gav, and I'm Kendra Larson. And I'm Ashley Larson. Today we are excited to have McLean Emmenegger as our guest. McLean is an arts advocate, seasoned curator, and advises visual artists on their careers through her firm, McLean Art Projects. Her experience in the art world is extensive and multifaceted. She was the executive director of Gallery 825, Los Angeles Art Association, a muse- museum administrator, art consultant, and was involved in countless projects as an independent curator and art writer. She also maintains a busy, busy public lecture s- schedule and has presented her visual art professional development classes through the Annenberg Space for Photography, College Art Association, National Arts Marketing uh, Project, and Los Angeles County Arts Commission, among many others. Currently moving from L.A. to Seattle, McLean's new venture is AMCE Creative Arts, a brick-and-mortar gallery in the Seattle neighborhood of Capitol Hill. McLean Emmenegger, welcome to ArtGab. Thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to see you both. Yeah, nice to see you too. How's your week going? Good. It's, it's, it's gallery all the time, but it's really good. It's been great. People coming in, making new friends, people getting to know the gallery, got some media this week too. So that it's been great. It's great. Oh, awesome. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's going on tomorrow, Monday. Nice. Nice. And what, what, um, you said you got press, uh, you're in Seattle. What, what press did you get? A local news channel did a little quick video on us. There's a nonprofit online magazine, Crosscut, and they have to. They were behind the production on the recent news uh, piece that they ran on us. And then the Capitol Hill Seattle Art Blog did something on it, and it has good readership. And so it was nice to see new faces coming in because of that, or following us on Instagram because of that. So awesome! Awesome. Well, and I should mention your Instagram is amce.creative.arts, and then your website is mclaneartprojects.com. And then that's my McLean Art Projects. I have two businesses. One of them is the Visual Artist Advisory, and that's McLean Art Projects. And then the gallery website is amcecreativearts.com. Oh, cool. I do, awesome. do, I do a lot and have many websites. Many <laughs> I was noticing that going on your website. I was just like, oh, my gosh, we have a lot, a lot to talk about. Yep. And you recently, um, so you recently moved from L.A. to Seattle? Yep. Cool. August, it's, it'll be a year, August 27th. So that's amazing that it's almost been a year. You, a crazy year, too, to start all this. <laughs> I Yes. I, it, for the everything that had been going on in my life. I'm like, why not? Let's move in the, into a new state in the middle of a pandemic. Sure. And let's sure. open a gallery in three months. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Start a new business during the pandemic. Nice. <laughs> you know, I, I shouldn't, I don't know if we could cut this out if you want, but Ashley started a new business this Oh yeah. It's weird. Cause like, it's a hard time to start a business, but really not. It's like, there's pros to it. You know, people are excited to get out and about. Yeah. People want to be out and start new adventures. So, well, I think the pandemic gave us all a lot of time to sort of figure out our priorities. Like I know a lot of people who went through huge transformation because you've got a lot of time on your hand and things shift. So it's, you know, is this working for me? Is this not working for me? And also time to imagine how things could be better or pursue things because it sort of 
the finite quality of life was evident and right in front of us. So it's like, if I don't do it now, when would I do it? Why not? So congratulations on your job. I mean, your new uh, business. Oh yeah. Well, your gallery too. That's really great. Uh, So do you want to describe who you are and what you do? Um, The bio, we'll cheat on that. So people can go back and listen to the bio. Um, I could, I'll, all my experience that I've had thus far in my career, you know, I did event planning for 10 years. I ran a nonprofit. I've been a curator. I work with visual artists in the capacity of the professional development workshops. Everything that brought me joy is wrapped up into the gallery now, you know, through the event planning, through community, uh, community building, through the program that we're going to be doing, curating, obviously. It just every facet of everything that I've enjoyed and would want to do moving forward is wrapped up in the gallery. So that's the new me, the the 2.0, if it's, or 2.3, I'm not sure which, but the 2.0 version is just doing this and doing it on my own, which is terrifying, of course. And opening a gallery is never uh, a promised lucrative endeavor to say the, you know, least, but um, I thought it would give it a good chance because it's a dream come true to be doing what I'm doing. And the response from the community has really embraced the tenor of what I'm trying to do and the, you know, the community aspect, never to the, you know, gravitas of what I'm doing in terms of showing the art and the reverence I have for the artist, but I do want to make sure that it remains a welcoming environment and so far so good. So the intention and the manifestation of that seems to be on par with what I'm wanted to do with my reinvention. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, pretty cool. Kind of connected to that, like, did you, um, were you surprised by any of the connections that you made in Seattle or any of the business, like, um, collaborations? I, I, I don't think, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised. I just, in this whole endeavor, it, you know, it's Herculean, you know, what's, tr- you know, transpired to get to this point, you know, from city permitting just to running a business and learning it all and sort of making it all up as I go along. I wouldn't say anything surprised me because I just remain very, very grateful for everything that's happened. Um, so it it wasn't that it was surprising that the community was so responsive, including the galleries. I mean, the attitude really has been, oh, great, we've got another art space in Seattle. That's so exciting. You know, good for you. And everyone has been, you know, completely embraced the idea. If I were in Los Angeles, I don't think I would have gotten that reception, no disparaging Los Angeles. But it was almost as if my suspicions were confirmed by the response that, you know, I've gotten through the artists, through um, the various, you know, art galleries, et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't a surprise. It was a delight. And I just, you know, I sort of remained steadfast and just being grateful for that, you know, because it's I want to negotiate this in an open hearted way without involving ego. So it's just like, I'm very grateful and I feel very fortunate. So. Nice. And if I don't answer something, you have to let me know. (laughs) No, that's good. I mean, I just, I just came up with that question out of nowhere. It was not even. (laughs) I was just curious as like a gallery owner, um, the technical things like, um, your hours, you're open. So like every day, but Monday is that. No, I did it. Um, I, I was sort of looking around what other galleries do here in Seattle because the traditional is Monday through Saturday. I mean, uh, Tuesday through Saturday. But I wanted to extend it one day into Sunday because a lot of our programming will be family friendly. We live in a very family friendly 
area. I also wanted other galleries to be able, or people who work in the museum world or in the gallery world to be able to have a day where they could come to the gallery. So I extended it um, Thursday to Sunday and then Wednesday by appointment. So it was, you know, we also can change that and adapt if we find that uh, we need to be open later or open earlier, whatever it is. So right now, Wednesday by appointment, but if I'm here and I see people, I'll jump up and I'm like, come on in, which happens a lot. So nice. that's, I that's do really greet people. Yeah. That's really cool. That seems really welcoming and like you said, community oriented. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure this changes with every artist and show, but do you have like a duration of time that you show a certain artist? Is it like um, a theme? I'm just curious. Yeah. I don't know a lot about that. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, the, in terms of the program, when I, when I first decided what I wanted to do, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything until I signed my lease. Cause I can't call an artist and like, here's a maybe kind of sort of, are you in? So when the lease was signed, I'd been looking at people and then the lease was signed in March. And at that point, you know, you not only what are you going to open with, but what comes down the road? Because you also have to put together a website. You also have to sort of know what's ahead and plan for it. Because in it, as much as I'm in my first show, I'm already planning my next show and then the show at the end of the year. Uh, in terms of duration, usually I would find in galleries like in Los Angeles, shows would run about six weeks. I looked around at the galleries here. They tend to be on a longer schedule, eight to nine weeks. So I just followed suit. So I have four programs a year as I call them. So it's the rotating exhibitions four times a year. And that also, not only is it the, I'm pointing at the main space right now, not only is it the gallery in the main space, but you, as you know, and we can talk about it, if there's questions about it, I have a niche market in which I'm showing a wider variety of artwork, different price points, uh, local and national artists, like more ceramics and prints and collages versus the main show, which is a larger, you know, in the main space. So for programs a year, which I thought, well, my gosh, that's so long. And, you know, don't I need to rotate it more? Right now, I think it's both acceptable and humane because it's a lot of work getting, I, I forgot until my first installation how much work is involved in putting up a show. And so I actually, the, I was going to do the ending of one show a week later, opening of the next show. I was like, mm-mm. So I extended the next one by a week. So now there's two weeks in between, giving us time to conclude one show and then install the next one. So I, that was probably more than you had asked me for, but just sort of in terms of planning, because you have to think beyond the moment, because it's also the presentation, the website, things to talk about, things to promote, give a sense to the community what your space is about, to the artist what your space is about, your aesthetic, your dispositions, your programming events, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I was just curious about that. It's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I <laughs> yeah. like, even switching it as much as you do. I'm like, man, cause yeah. that's well, just tons of work. Yeah. And are, is there like a, in, I know here in Portland, they have first Thursday in Salem they have like first Friday. Do they do that kind of thing in Seattle too, where you could kind of go along the. Yeah. Uh, they, we opened right after cause, cause the art walks like Georgetown has an art walk. Capitol Hill has an art walk, but Capitol Hill will include, you know, it's not just the immediate neighborhoods. Cause I'm more in a residential neighborhood in Capitol Hill, as opposed to like what I call the downtown. Cause I'm from Los Angeles and I don't know a better word for downtown Capitol Hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Different way to say it. 
but um, we are the second Thursday of the month. But then Georgetown is, I think, like the first Friday. So everybody's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to like visit Seattle and other um, sort of tourism-based or city-based or uh, cultural-based representing the Seattle as a whole to see like what's out there and how can we sort of have a unified message in terms of who's doing what and when to best broadcast that. Also to show how much is going on here as well. Mm-hmm. So we had our first art, was it a week ago? Yeah, it's like a week ago. And uh, it was quite lovely because it brought in people who were seriously interested in exploring the gallery, not just like, hey, I'm walking by and I saw this, your front looks really cool, what's going on? So that was nice. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And I'm sure like people are eager to get out and see what's yeah. out there. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. One at the art walk, there was a guy, uh, we had a nice chitter chat because that's the thing both, I, I work with the lovely Sylvie and I are both chatty people. So um, she's laughing at me because I probably double her chat. Uh, but there was a guy who, we had a nice chat. And then when he split, he like took out, a, shook out, stuck out his, what, how do you say it? Gave me a handshake is what I'm trying to say. I guess because we haven't done it in so long, I forgot how to talk about it. <laughs> what is that yeah. called again? <laughs> yeah, really. And he was so excited. And I think we went back a couple minutes later just to do it again because we could. <laughs> Handshakes for everyone. That's a thing, huh? Um, actually, speaking of your show, um, what, what do you have uh, on display right now? Uh, the work of the lovely Anne Austin Pierce. Anne is now California-based, but I met her when she was out of Kansas City, Missouri, and she does collage work on paper, but just, you know, that minimalizes it because Anne is expansive. Um, So I've known Anne since 2005, and her work is very much who Anne is, a woman who is grounded on this planet, but really interesting in, in seeing, experiencing everything it has to offer, the landscape, the human connections, the ability to change, the ability to transform and translates that into her artwork. So we have her series Path, which is essentially about transformation, but a lot more, I'll just give you the synopsis. It was created over a period of 10 years. It was originally a long piece of paper, probably 120 feet, but I'm completely making that size up because I have no concept of time nor measurements. And then she divided it into nine pieces for individual works. And then the pieces that she collaged on there, she made over a period of 10 years. So while the individual images individuated, it remains part of a collective from that original long piece of artwork that she painted like blue water on. And you can see that peeking out through the pieces. And then on the other side, we have an installation that covers like essentially 70 feet of the gallery walls here in the gallery as opposed to somewhere else, not in the gallery, um, is an installation of her to work on paper mixed media of Icarus that sort of creates this wave across the expanse of the 70 feet of the north side of the gallery. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, I, one of the things I really want to do with the gallery is that artists feel, because in a gallery, the, you know, the structure is showing the work, showing the oeuvre, showing what they're you know, capable of doing, it's not that galleries don't experiment. I'm not saying that at all, but I want there to be a definite, hey, you know what I've always wanted to try is. Mm-hmm. So having this 70 foot installation is a little shaky for the, you know, for Anne because she thought, well, you know, that's not sellable work, but it is a different facet of her and it's important. So it's something that may, you know, 
it's exciting for the artists to do, even though it may not be traditional for them to do it in a gallery setting. And I really want to encourage that. You know, you have to manage it a bit, but I do want to encourage it. Yeah, I like that you struck that balance, though. It seems yeah. like, yeah, like of there, you, there are things for sale, at different price points, and then there's also that that moment of exploration that's beyond the kind of marketable. Yeah, and going and seeing it, it's an amazing thing to see in person, and it kind of brings people to yeah. like research more after seeing it. You know, and I think too, it's I would in it as much as the programming provides something that you may not expect or offers a different perspective or provides another opportunity to, you know, reapproach something through the lens of art that I want people to have an experience here that they weren't necessarily expecting that it's the, you know, the, without, you know, curtailing it too much, but surprise and delight is another thing. People have no idea what they're going to experience when they walk into the gallery space. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're taken aback because the vibrancy you know, is certainly here. Yeah, totally. Totally. That also reminded me of the handshake that you mentioned earlier. It's like, like this pandemic has got us thinking about like, or I don't know, I've I've been surprised by, by social interactions. I know that when I start going back to the galleries, it's going to just blow my mind. And, and um, I guess to kind of attach to that, um, the second question, you kind of answered this, but um, now that we're moving out of the pandemic, um, do you think your work has or will change in any other ways than, than you kind of mentioned? Well, I, I think it'll be nice because I we have an event coming up at the end of the month called Cookies and Conversation Social Party. And I know that sounds preposterous for an, you know a, a white cube gallery, but I, I'm not really a white cube gallery per se. But um, there, there was basically it's like an open house. Come on by. We're going to serve cookies because they're delightful. And the cookie place down the street is essentially how I found this space. So I try to rope them into programs. And it's also delightful. Who doesn't like a good cookie? But also, too, the community building. So I'm going to do conversation starters, which are like little one-liners that someone who doesn't know someone else can go up and ask them a question and they start engaging in conversation. And I really love the idea, but I'm also like, are people still concerned? Are people still concerned about, you know, I mean, everyone's an adult, everyone makes their own decisions, but am I being irresponsible for even saying, hey, let's do this fun get together thing. So what I'm looking for, you know, the conscientiousness, trying to be responsive, but also trying to pull us out. So we feel like that we're connecting with humans again, because we're social animals and, you know, the pandemic thwarted all of our natural instincts. So if we can build that back up and, you know, with like-minded or new people, great. So what I'm looking forward to is the, the lack of hyper-concern about that when there is more of a new normal, when we're able to integrate and we're always going to have a worry. We're going to be a little scarred from this, but just moving to it, then I don't have to be like, ooh, is cookies and conversation event a naughty thing to do right now? Because, I mean, I literally have been asking people in here, I asked someone who works at the you know, medical clinic down the street and like, am I kind of being badly behaved by even thinking about this? So the, the work that I, it's an interesting time, like, again, taking everything I've ever learned and everything I've ever loved and opening a gallery in preparation for this too shall pass with regards to the pandemic while honoring everyone and all the strife that we suffered. It's an interesting balance to sort of maintain it, but to try to move forward and remain comfortable and honor everything that we've been through. 
I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Like it's like easing back into it in the paper conversation things. I'm like, can I just have that all the time? <laughs> no, I want to go to that. Yeah. It sounds great. Oh, I, I love that idea. I know. Yeah. So it just, we, this is a very neighborhoody neighbor, neighborhoody neighbor. I'm not going to try to even say handshake again, but, um, <laughs> but people seem very receptive to that kind of idea. And I was asking people coming in, I've never met them before. And they're like, oh, I love that idea. That's great. You know, so hopefully. And it'll be fun to do the uh, the conversation starters, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great ease back into public events. Yeah. Um, so a really important question that we always love to know is if you could choose a superpower, what would it be? I was, I've been thinking, I've, I've thought about the superpower, what do I have? And I'm like, well, I don't want to say like, oh, I'm so this and that because I don't want to sound like a jerk. But so I come up with the answer to that that I'm confident in. But the superpower that I would want I know you're probably thinking like gift of flight, invisibility, and superhuman strength, but actually um, a, capa- a, a, a patience would be something that the superpower of patience. Yes, I think we all could use that. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, starting my own business and it's scary, but, you know, there's a lot of humans involved, a lot of different things involved. And I know I operated a thousand billion miles an hour. Well, you know, relax, baby. So patience, I think would be something that I would ask for. That's a good one. That is a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's, yeah. What would yours be, Kendra? Cause you always ask me, but I like the we always like, <laughs> yeah. we ask somebody that and then it's like, Oh, now I'm going to steal that. Be mine. Yeah. We just remodeled our kitchen and it was like, it was a true test and patience of just waiting on the next person, waiting on the next. I mean, so I, I'm, I, I feel you with the patience one. Yeah. yeah, I still like the idea of flight, but you know, yeah, patience is practical. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're going to have to wait to get there. So the patience that'll come in first, and then there you go. There you go. They all tie in. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then, and then the what superpower do you already have? Uh, again, I was thinking about this and, uh, I think that, um, organizational skills, I know I just gave you the most Virgo answer in the world, but it's, if I can, if I can, (laughs) are you Virgo? Uh huh. Oh, see, to which all my friends would say, duh. So, uh, (laughs) but if I could put a gallery together in two and a half months, I think, you know, the skills of organization are definitely an attribute. And I can say that without sounding jerky. So problem solving, I'm going to add that to it too. Now I sound jerky. Now I sound stuck up or, you know, like, oh, I've got organization and uh, problem. No, that's a good one. Yeah. But it's how, you know, when you run your own business, you know, how do you keep it all? How do you remember it all? How do you keep it all going? So how do you, do you have a, do you use like Google calendar or do you write lists or how do you stay so organized? Queen of lists. um, I was going to say. Because it's. Because as I said, you know, I'm dealing with the current show and programming for this show, but then there's the next show. So I have to put it on the calendar. So you don't, as I said, you're thinking not just this show and one out, but then there's the next one because you have to write the press releases. You have to get the postings up. You have to, you know, do the, the creative, you know, the, the postcards and all of that, upload the website, get the images, I'm not trying to creep anyone out, but it's just a lot to think about. So it's, being able to see the big picture and break it down and find everyone's timing in all of it 
Right, right. And then and then the artists will change their mind last minute and you have to fix everything. <laughs> I say that as an artist. <laughs> I know. Decisions that they're very attached to and you're like, how do I say this isn't working? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ashley's a Virgo. Well, it's funny because when you asked her, like, how do you stay, you know, on top of things? And I was thinking in my head, lists, lists. (laughs) There's nothing more satisfying than, you know, crossing something out when you have a list. Like the other day, I think I was actually dancing around and maybe going, crossing things off while still watching (laughs) me do that. She just has to let me have my moment. (laughs) Yeah, there's got to be some celebration and joy in that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I put it on the calendar. I also the way I keep things because when I was doing event planning and did it for ten years, I would have up to about 120 events a year, and I was basically the only one doing it. What, but but I have people you know helping set up and blah blah blah. But the way I found to organize things was so um, what is it called? It's not not analog, but so like rudimentary that I would just have post-it notes on everything and sort of structure it. Like I could always see what needs to be yanked out at what in time. So I live for paper clips, post-its, lists, you know, so I know this is all really hot, but. (laughs) (laughs) Christopher's over there shaking his head. Like, I know I like. Well, it's funny because there's all these modern um, programs, but I'm still like, I need to like write it and feel it and see it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there, there is, they say that you are like, I mean, huge statistic, more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down. And even when I moved to Seattle from Los Angeles, I sort of had to give myself a timeline because I don't want to be like, oh, I'm supposed to be living there now and I don't have a job or I haven't packed or I don't have a, you know, so it's sort of giving, I think it's a way of organizing and it may not work for everybody, sort of concretizes it so that you have a path that you're following and you can always check in on. So I think that there is a psychology to writing it down. Mm -hmm, For sure. And definitely crossing things out as a dopamine rush. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but um, I I feel that way too. And I feel like if um, I apply to a lot of shows and residencies and grants and I get a lot of rejection, like all artists do, but but if I keep track of what I apply to, there's some there's a dopamine rush that just look that I get from just looking at that list. So like well, there's some accomplishment. Accomplishment, just yeah. For yeah. All those. yeah, yeah, and getting my work in front of those people is that's that's success enough, I think. Yeah, and when I teach visual artists, you know, it's sort of like basically how to treat your art career as a business. It's one of the things, like I think, recognizing everything that you have done, or you know, on the flip tip is just like, ooh, I've only applied to two shows in six months. Yikes! So I think you know, yeah, no, I understand that. It helps keep it organized and sort of evaluate too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so with everything going on, what is next for you and what are you excited about? Doing the programs and just continuing with the gallery and all the artists and a lot of the artists I have relationships with from back when I ran a nonprofit. So it's very exciting to work with them, you know, 20 years later in this capacity. So it's just just continuing to build a gallery, the programming kicking back in. I really love working with kids. So having kids workshops. That's going to be super exciting for me. Um, what kind of kids workshops? Arts, art workshops. You know, I'm going to get another thing I want to do is I'm looking forward to meeting more artists, established artists that come in and do artist talks. I'm looking forward to connecting with nonprofits to see about partnerships. 
but kids, you know, just arts and crafts for kids. Cause we're going to do, um, the installation. I don't know if I said it is Icarus is the mm-hmm. name and 70 foot, uh, installation. And it's made up of all these individual pieces of paper that she would paint the paper, cut them up, make these various shapes. And then she, as I said, arrange them so they have movement. So we're going to do a make your own Icarus workshop, which we originally intended for little people to do. But then there were so many disappointed looks on the faces of the adults and like, you know, it'll be open. So (laughs) I guess you come (laughs) when I did event planning for 10 years. That's what brought me the most joy was doing. I mean, all of it did. I did concerts, film festivals, art fairs, you name it. But the kids things, because just to have a sea of happy, tiny people, it just really doesn't get better than that. So, yeah, yeah. Goofball. And and this is, I said, a very family oriented neighborhood. So that's going to be really swell is to meet these, these tiny people. Yeah, totally. Uh, Ashley's, I'm just going to keep saying it. Ashley's new business is, um, it's called Ferns Garden and it's, um, it's a plant and uh, a plant shop and gifts. And they did a, um, a fairy, fairy garden workshop a few weeks back and it was so cool. Um, we didn't get very many people there, but it was still really cool to see those smiles on those little faces. It is all about the little faces and what comes out of their mouths. It's pretty epic. Yeah. (laughs) They're so excited about it. That's great. Congrats. Thanks. You too. Yeah. And, and I was also going to ask you the niche market. What's, um, what's coming up with that? Any, any new pieces there? Well, right now, but I think there's like 16 artists in the niche market. And as I said, they range, you know, we've got artists from New York. I've got artists from Los Angeles. I've got local artists. And some of them, I was very fortunate when I reached out because I don't know, man, how much work do I have in there? What is it going to look like? It was all a big experiment. Fortunately, it turned out really, really well. Oh, we have an artist from Fayetteville, Arkansas in here too. Um, And I was deciding like, am I going to rotate in conjunction with the shows? How's that going to go? So that's what I've decided to do. the, they, the, the, right now it sort of functions autonomously. It was the debut niche market and it's great. It's on the website too. So you can see the art, inquire about the art, but for the next round, I've already been talking to artists. Um, I've got about six new artists I'm bringing in, but their work for some, like the connection to Christine Wen, who's the next show in the gallery, her work is uh, very colorful quieter than Anne's and there's a femininity to it and sort of a nature connection to not sort of a nature, a big connection to nature. So the work that I was selecting sort of in that vibe. So it'll be fun to bring in a new crop of artists that are responsive to the show, but independently, you know, just alluring on their own. And then there's also a local ceramicist who I've been wanting to get to know will involve her. So it's just you know, rotating, keeping it interesting, something new every time. I really want it to function like a museum store. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that it's a place where you can find unique stuff. And then again, I've got postcards for $250 and then I've got ceramics for up to $500. So it's always something different. So I just want to keep that fresh and interesting and exciting. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the Tate where where there's the show and then there's like, or any museum where there's the... I'll take the Tate. That's fine. <laughs> You're kind of like the Tate. <laughs> <laughs> like Tate. Um, but I remember the shop was like just as exciting as the other shows, I feel like. But that's, the fr- that's what's front facing. So people walk by and I want to create that energy. A lot of the work that I'm showing has a really sort of energetic vibe to it. So it's engaging. You know, it just... It's just 
the work that I like. But this, you know, from the storefront is really engaging. A lot of people come in like, what is this? And it's fun. A lot of these artists, I've never met them before. So it's been fun to like you, I'd never met you before. And it's just, I really love like forging new relationships, new friendships with the artists. So this is another opportunity to do that. And I'm very excited about what we have coming up. Excited about what we have, excited about what we have coming up. Now I have to figure out how it all works on the website. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a new, I wanted to add that we have a new, um, it's called news and events on our website. So it's a blog, but it's also where we're going to announce events. And it's also where we're going to do interviews. Like we did a little, you know, informal Q and a with Anne, nothing, you know, highbrow or art forming about it, just very casual. And then we're going to do highlights of the niche market artists. Like we have an artist, Joanna Goodman, who's out of New York, Mark Todd, we're going to do a little piece on him. So it's just adding a personalized way to connect with the art, things that you wouldn't have known just by looking at it. So that's another way to sort of engage the community, the community, but engage people in a personalized relationship to the art and artists. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's great. Exciting. Very cool. That's we'll cool. have to make a trip up there. Yeah, we got to go up there. Come to you. Yeah. yeah I'm very excited about that. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that sounds really, that sounds awesome. We should totally do that. Yes. Yeah, and you, yeah, you're always welcome to come and hang out. Thanks. Right. We don't have a gallery, but you could come and hang out with. During four and a half hours. Edie, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we, we have dogs. <laughs> right. Well, my cat. That's really what they have. What's your cat's name? Sorry. His full name is Mr. Peely, Superior Quality. Peely's cat in Telugu, which is, I was, I found him. The person who found him, I said, can you keep him for three weeks? I went to, it was in India. And the only place I saw a cat in India was in Hyderabad. And they speak Telugu. The owner of the house where I was staying was completely phobic against cats. So I made him teach me the word for cat, which is Peely. So I named my cat Mr. Peely and then Superior Quality because everything in India is over the top and exaggerated. So it's Mr. Peely's Superior Quality. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> he, he, he lives up to his name. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, did we, did we get through all the questions? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, thank you. No, th- this is great. I feel like, you know, when you talk, especially because I do public speaking a lot, and so you're like, talk, talk, talk. And the editor is going, what are you saying? Bring it back. Where are you going with this? Bring, you know, you're losing people. Come on. So I'm completely content. And I thank you for this opportunity. And, you know, you can always DM me if there's burning questions. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. And we'll just, we'll just um, do a voiceover. Yeah. With- <laughs> Christopher will be your voiceover. Yes. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for the pleasure of doing this. And I look forward to hearing it, I think. Because don't you hate hearing your own voice? Oh, you must. Yeah. I don't listen to them. No. (laughs) I mean, will be listen to the outgoing voicemail on it because I'm like, does does our outgoing voicemail sound ridiculous? And she just looked at me. She goes, doesn't even sound like you. So the idea of hearing one's own voice can be a scary proposition. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll send it to you too and let you review it. Yeah, and I'll put I'll put it up on the um on our our new news and events page. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. So if you want to follow us at stumptowncreative.com, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram as ArtGabPDX. And thank you and have an art-filled day.